0: who doesn't love an anti-hero there is something so wonderful about that archetype the anti-hero someone who doesn't want to be a good guy they just want to exist and be left alone (laughs) they do not seek glory and fame they do not seek societies expectation of normal. They just want to be. But generally, in most stories, movies, songs, books, that anti-hero is thrown into a situation where they are forced to make the hard decisions. Sometimes it's showing grace and mercy where others do not, other times it's demonstrating the true brutality of humanity when others are too scared to face it. This, (laughs) this is Jade Fury. The apartment is a dirty and neglected slum. The entire living room is covered in layers of grime and depression. The only light is the yellow white of the street lights. A loud crack breaks through the screaming sirens outside. A man gets thrown into the living room, landing on a rotted coffee table, breaking it. He is a large, muscled man, long hair and a goatee, tall. The thug groans as he rolls onto his stomach. (coughs) You bitch. I'm gonna fucking kill you, and then I'm gonna kill whoever the fuck hired you. Shot from the eye level of the thug, a pair of sneaker-clad feet walk into the scene. Slow pan up, show legs wearing loose jeans, and then further up, a well-worn fitted leather jacket A hood is pulled up to hide the face of the attacker. Their hands are deep in the pockets of the jacket. An annoyed feminine sigh escapes as the hood is pulled back to reveal an older jade. She's in her mid-twenties. She has faded pink hair, dark roots of her hair showing, length cut short, simple, unremarkable features that look bored and tired. She is small and willowy, but has tight corded muscles. I doubt that. Just stay away from Boss Macklemore's territory and you'll be fine. The thug moves around, trying to get to his feet. Jade pinching the bridge of her nose, listen asshole, I am tired and need to get home. Stay down because I'm not in the mood to break your leg. I'm not afraid of some old man, and I'm not afraid of some punk-ass bitch like you. The thug staggers to his feet, fist raised. He screams in defiance and charges. (sighs) Jesus, age Christ on a goddamn crash. Fine, fine. Don't say I didn't warn you. As Jade finishes her statement, the man is on her. She ducks under his massive paws, spinning around to get on his inside. Her elbow goes into his gut and he coughs more. Her other fist comes in with an uppercut, causing the thug to stagger back. She catches him by one arm, swinging him around and her foot connects with his lower leg and crack! Ah! I didn't want to do that, but you gave me no choice. Here's some advice. Do yourself a favor and stay low for a while. Jade drops the man whimpering. But I think you should take Boss Macklemore's advice too. And just get out of Detroit. Because the other bosses won't be as generous. Jade pulls up the hood, leaving the thug crumpled mess on the floor. Jade Fury was a name me and my coworkers came across years ago. That's all it was, just some person's stranger's name written on paper. But when we looked at it and we said it real slow, we knew it was a superhero name. We threw around the idea of who this person was in the story, in this world. <laughs> like, she was from everywhere and nowhere. You know, there wasn't anything that defined her or pinned her down as ethnically being this or that, or culturally, for that matter. She was just a ghost. But she was strong, she was a badass. And she would stand apart from the stereotypical heroes. The name just hung out in my head for a while. It turned over and over again. A world for Jade Fury wanted to be created. And it wasn't until the US 2016 presidential election that Jade Fury's world started to take shape in my head. I was also watching a lot of those Netflix Marvel shows. At first, I wanted to create a novel, but the story kept wanting to be written as a screenplay. I found out a long time ago, for myself at least, that the story will be created how it wants to be. Characters will go where they want to go, they'll say and do things that they generally want to do. You can try to shoehorn a tale into place, but more than likely you're not going to like it at all when it's said and done. I tend to be a stream-of-consciousness writer. I'm terrible at writing an outline. So generally, the thoughts come out. The worlds are created. I put a part of myself in the stories. (sighs) Luckily, I found this um, online screenwriting program called Celtics. Hashtag not sponsored, by the way. (laughs) Because most screenwriting programs you got to pay for. And, you know, I was lucky I found this. It was perfect for what I needed. So I just downloaded it, made an account and I just dumped my brain out, creating some of my favorite characters and dialogue ever. Good morning, Detroit! Another day that we are above ground and breathing. At the top of the hour, we have been requested by the city to put out this message in regard to the rumors of the rebels in our fine city. They wish to advise the public that they are aware of the situation, and now that these revolutionaries, so like... be called, is nothing more than a handful of people who wish to disrupt the calm and peace that Drumpf has found for us by spreading lies and whispers. They ask for any information on these usurpers to be provided to the city. By doing so, you do not only ensure the continued success and growth of our fine city, but also your continued protection and safety. Now, let's move on to the weather. Interior, Capitol Building, Drump's Office. As the news report ends, in an exceptionally clean room filled with antiques and priceless pieces of art hanging in the room, the room does not match the beautiful artifacts. Heavy dark wood and gold leaf overpower every item. At the other end, at a desk too large, stands a man roughly 50 to 60 years old, watching the news report finish up. The man, Arnold Drumph. a man too big and too rich, smiles pleasantly. The door clicks open off screen, but he does not turn towards it. His eyes are still on the screen. The woman on the phone, Blythe, enters the room, her heels on the plush carpet a hollow knock as she moves forward. What is it, Blythe? There's been a development. Footage of a possible vigilante? Could be one of the orphans. Good, good. Get Jasper on it. Blythe pulls out her phone she was just talking on, quickly typing the information on it and sending a text. Mr. Trump, you have an appointment with city hall officials? Ugh, those self-righteous assholes. They keep the semblance of the masses actually having a voice. Prevents uprisings and civil unrest. Drumpf laughs as he walks out of the office. Blythe follows a short distance away. Those idiots aren't doing anything to combat new group. What do they call themselves? Um, the Wild Ones, sir. Yes, the Wild Ones. What kind of bullshit name is that? Drumpf is still laughing as him and his assistant enter the elevator and the door closes. I tend to use a lot of place filler names, Uh, just something to be there until I can think of something better. Uh, When I was writing this whole, this story, (laughs) um, there was that news article that came out or some information had come out where Uh, former president uh, Trump's had a distant like a family member ancestor coming to the U.S. changing their name from Drumpf to Trump and Drumpf just kind of stuck with me (laughs) you know in fact there's a lot of names in this story that were intended to be place fillers but eventually just stuck they fit the characters you know uh, like Barb and Tina, the women who find Jade as a runaway from a secret facility as a teenager, you know, their names come from an inside joke between me and one of my friends at work, you know, <laughs> boobs, McGee and Tina Titman, uh, attorneys at law. No, of course I change boobs to Barb. <laughs> And there's a young boy that Jade befriends by the name of Aziz, and that name came from that opening scene in the fifth element where the old archaeologist yells, "Aziz, light!" <laughs> um, but as these developers, these characters developed, those names stuck like they fit those characters. And though I know Drump fits this character that I have created, this villain, uh, the villain, the antagonist, one of the antagonists anyways, I know at the end of the day, I cannot keep this. Like I'm going to have to change it for, you know, clearly for legal reasons, probably, you know, but names for heroes and villains and, uh, you know, there are a dime a dozen, you know, but to be able to find one that fits so perfectly with a developed character can be a little difficult. You know, you know, I wrote this character with the former president in mind, um, because let's not forget, like, you know, 2016 uh, in my anger, frustration, emotions, <laughs> you know, the words that instantly pop into my mind for Trump is opulent, crude, corrupt, He's just smart enough of a con man to be dangerous. Uh, Trump is like a real life cartoon villain sometimes, but I like my villains like, less cartoony, a little bit more complicated. I wanted Trump to be smarter, or at least just smart enough to be that manip- manipulative con man, but not so smart that he cannot see outside of his own selfish and destructive desires. You know, there's a blind spot there for him, and it's just locating that blind spot. That is, that's the story, right? And in, in bringing down a villain, You know, they have eyes everywhere, fingers and everything, just watching everything around them. But there's always a blind spot. You know, he he only got a couple scenes in what I had written for Jade Fury. And I wanted to explore, and I do still want that to explore, how the big bad falls. Like, what's his downfall going to be? Because trust, there is one. There's always a downfall. (laughs) But who's going to bring it down, you know? Will it be Jade directly? You know, will it be through actions that Jade um, does that causes a domino effect to bring him down to free the city? You know? Who really knows? Who knows? Never got that far, unfortunately. (laughs) As I reread what I had written so far, I could see literally how frustrated I was. You know, maybe, like I said, maybe a little angry. You see the world around you uh, just burn. Like, everything's burning. (sighs) Personally, in my life, it was crazy to see how easy it was for people to fall for, like, a, a literal fucking con. You know? People in my family, you know? I felt like Magato and Zoolander just yelling, am I taking crazy pills? You know, and when I do what I always do, I bundled up all that frustration and all my emotions and I just dumped it into this story. This world of Jade Fury. <laughs> The best dystopians for me are set in the familiar. It makes it easier to suspend my belief and accept the reality of these kinds of stories. You know, so we have some semblance of order through crime bosses, right? So the crime bosses running separate districts for the city, and the bosses have to play nice with Gunford and Drumpf to be able to have that access to have that power. Now, I enjoy complicated worlds and characters. Jade is working for these crime bosses at the same time, trying to navigate and hide her own identity, you know, her identity of being a runaway from a secret facility uh, that is doing experiments on kids, you know, like super soldier shit. (laughs) And... You know, I, I had to, we have to have a, you know, we have to have a foil, you know, I need a foil for Trump So we have all this going on, but I needed another character for Trump someone to sort of mirror, like another leader type character. And I came up with this character, you know, called Sanderson. I'm sure you can guess where this came from, right? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I have a Madam President, But Madam President is, she's an offshoot, you know, she's just this, this voice on a phone that we don't get to really interact with, you know, but the local, the local (laughs) rebel of Sanderson, you know, he's our, he's, he's the resistance leader. And just like Bernie Sanders, Sanders, (laughs) the rebels in this tale uh, put the man on a pedestal, right? Um, he is above us all. He's so enlightened. He'll lead the way. And I do honestly like Bernie Sanders. I think he has good ideas. I can actually you know, help help this country out. But I feel what is lacking for Bernie Sanders are the people actually committed to his cause. And most Democrats don't like the man in general <sighs> because he does challenge the status quo, you know. But for Jade Fury's world, Sanderson. Though familiar to Bernie in many ways, knows that he needs people to be at pawns, you know. He needs the band of rebels called the Wild Ones to get their hands dirty while he plots in the shadows. You know, it's that foil for for Drumpf, yeah. Drumpf is a corrupt leader who is pulling strings and working with crime bosses and really doing horrible shit. And we do have Sanderson, our you know kind of Bernie Sanders inspired character, sitting back, and he's doing the same thing. You know, is it for the greater God? You no, know, is there such a thing as a greater God? And and I know I keep saying this, you know, going back and rereading through Jabe Fury, and constantly re-re- rereading it for this podcast episode i could tell the point where i was exhausted (laughs) with the world and it absolutely reflects right near the end where i um stopped writing jacks leads jade away from a dance floor to the stairwell the music is muffled as they move down a level and through an narrow corridor. Deep breath in. <sighs> Jack steps in front of a door, opening it into a large conference-type room. In the conference room, Jax and Jade are met with silence. There are eight to ten people, varying in age and ethnicity and sex. But they stood... Byron Sanderson 60 to 70 white haired and spectacled leader of the wild ones he stands tall and straight his weathered face is deep with exhaustion and wrinkles Jax you bring a guest Jax walks into the room Jade follows inspecting her surroundings what is she doing here Ugh, Macklemore's thug. Sanderson, you may not know this, but this woman is... Uh, I know who she is. I asked Jax to bring her here if she agreed to meet. Ten minutes. Starting now, I have places to be. Kneecaps to break. People to intimidate. I'm just making a living. Jax moves forward to, to be next to Sanderson. I am sorry for interrupting, but while I was out, I ran into her. I know you wanted to have a meeting with her, so I asked her to come." Sanderson looks at the bruise forming on Jack's jaw, and the blood-streaked face and clothes on Jade. (laughs) Love a spat. I'm out of here. Wait! Sanderson starts laughing, moving towards Jade. Now come on. (laughs) I was teasing. Obviously, you are not one for teasing. My time is money. Is it now? Yes. Sanderson nods as he paces around Jade. I want to thank you for the money you've contributed for our cause. What are you talking about? Did you think you were paying Jax for the information he was giving you about the orphanage? No. No. It was the room full of people before you who was able to obtain the information you requested, and the money you thought was going into Jack's pocket was actually going to us. Jade looks from Jack to Sanderson and back. Jax drops his eyes. Jack's here is a huge help for us in the recruiting. The flowers and the abandoned mansions, that, that was all him, and it was brilliant but he knew about you from being on Macklemore's turf. You started looking for particular information. Jack thought you might be an asset to what we're trying to achieve. And you know what, he's so right. What are you trying to achieve? A total cleansing of our government, a reset to lay the way for a better future for our children. You want a soldier? Yes. I'm a thug. I'll settle for that. Why? Because you can be a symbol to rise up against the corruption and the filth that's choking this city, this state, this nation. Jade sighs and looks at her watch. Time's up. She turns to leave. But Sanderson stops her with his words. I know about the things you have done in Macklemore's block. The two men you beat to a pulp for trying to rape a woman in an apartment stairwell? The little boy in Thibodeau's Bastard? There are so many more. People know. People know who you are. Whispers travel further than a gunshot in the worst ghettos. Jade turns to face a crowd of rebels. She scoffs and she moves forward taking a stance in front of Sanderson. But it's my choice. Macklemore's problem solver, that's my decision. (sighs) This is a waste of time, Sanderson. Yes, it is. Jay turns her back on the collective, walking towards the exit. She stops briefly by Jax. Don't contact me ever again. Wait! You know what you are. You are nothing more than a disposable hero. Sanderson moves away from the other resistant members. He looks at her with casual disdain, hands deep in the wrinkled pockets of his pants. You are expendable. You were made in that orphanage to be nothing more than a vessel for a killing machine. You were meant to be wasted away on the killing fields, so don't come to me with your sanctimonious bullshit thinking you, (laughs) you are better than me, because you're not. You're nothing but a vapid, empty shell waiting to sign some poor asshole's death warrant. Jade looked at the crowd in front of her, each in turn before her own smug smile danced across her face, laughter bubbling out, dark and unforgiving. (laughs) Friendly advice for you, Jax. Get away from these assholes. If I'm expendable, what does that make you, Aaron boy? Jack doesn't respond, just holds his head up high and meets her eyes. No further words needing to be said. Jade leaves the Wild Ones. Sanderson clapping Jack on the shoulder, congratulates Lori. Jax looks at the hand and then to the door where Jade is leaving through. For the longest time, I wondered if I had just written myself into a corner. I wondered over and over and over again why I felt stuck with this story. And while rereading the script for this episode, I realized what it was. I started writing this in a flurry of emotions over the political climate in 2016 and on. When I got to the part where I was writing Sanderson's lines, I felt broken and betrayed by America's two-party system. Because let's be real, America is clearly a failed experiment. I'm only speaking for myself that when I write, I am dumping out my brain, dumping out of my brain, (laughs) whatever the characters want to say or go through. My characters or subconscious, whatever, showed me that at a time for trusting politicians was gone. Even the ones that we think are the best out of the bunch, like you can't trust them. For far too long, we allowed ourselves to be either this or that, one or the other, good or bad. But life is more than just two choices. We are complicated creatures, and we refuse, we refuse nowadays to look at anything with any kind of nuance. We allow ourselves to be radicalized to one extreme or the next. We are given promises of the return to the way things used to be, or the promise of better times to come. These directives are driven by the people on the front lines. Not by the rich and powerful. Don't get me wrong. I understand that money is always needed for a revolution. You gotta fund revolutions. But those who fund the movement should take a back seat and let the everyman lead the charge. But that's not what's happening. We are selling ourselves to the highest bidder. Oops-a-doodles. I think my communist tendencies are showing there. Anyways. (laughs) The reason I stopped where I did was because I realized that through all my fury and frustration at the injustice, my emotions were tapped. I was exhausted from my overly conservative family. I was exhausted from my liberal and democratic friends. I was just tired and needed to disconnect. (sighs) And unfortunately, part of that was leaving Jade Fury to the vault. What I learned from this whole experience is that I need to be careful about how much I dump myself emotionally into a story. Yeah, on the surface, it's an anti-hero dystopian, but deeper down, it's about hope and what hope looks like in a world where it feels like everyone has given up and how hope looks different for everyone. For Jade, hope was found in any means necessary, whatever it took to find her memories and to keep her adopted family protected. Hope is powerful. Interior Tina and Barb's house, kitchen, evening. Aziz sits at the table while Tina finished cooking. Barb comes in fixing her ponytail, dressed in her medical scrubs, ready for work. Aziz's puppy scampers around the floor, playing with an apple core. All right, I'm out, see you in the morning. Giving Barb a kiss on the cheek. Be careful. You be careful. I'll be fine. I have some new protectors. Aziz sits straight up and nods. Hey, I'm trusting you, little man. Got it? Yes, ma'am. Barb leaves with a smile. Do you think Jade will be home tonight? Oh, Aziz. Ugh, no. I don't think so, sweetie. Aziz looks down at his plate of half eaten food and frowns. She works for Boss Macklemore. Unfortunately. Why? Because she thinks that being someone's weapon is her only purpose in life. Well, I mean, if you gotta work for one of the bosses... Uh, Malcolm Moore is kinder than most. But he's still cruel. And he's still a criminal. Kina sits down at the table with her own plate of food. But, but Jade helps people too. I mean, she helped me. Yeah. Aziz is lost in thought as Tina continues. The thing with Jade is that she doesn't know who she is. She's. Uh, she's a ghost. Like a ghost. She floats around. Lost. <laughs> Jade relies on us, and now you, to keep her connected to the world. Tina pats Aziz on the arm and smiles. Just know that once she lets you in, she'll protect you with everything she has. Aziz smiles and goes back to eating. Brief shot of the exterior of Tina and Barb's house. The kitchen window has gauzy curtains that shows the light, but only reveals the abstract shadows of those in the kitchen. Jade stands in the shadows of the alley looking at the house. She sighs with a small sad smile before turning around to leave her adoptive family behind. Where do we go from here? All right? Does Jade Fury get a revisit? I think so. But perhaps with some changes. How I feel now in 2022 versus how I felt and even who I was in 2016 and 2017 are different. Not that I took a complete 180, but I have better ways of processing my emotions how to get my feelings out without draining myself completely I have grown as a woman in this world and it's darker than it was in the past though the darkness is more out in the open, so is the light the light of hope that pushes back against those who try to snuff it out it's not all peace, light and love and (laughs) anything like that the light of hope is stronger it's more brilliant more fierce it's not gentle hmm what Jade has taught me was that hope is something to cling on to and it's absolutely worth fighting for Thanks so much for listening, and hanging out. Jade Fury is definitely a different experience for me. You know, most of the tales I craft, I tend to say are made with love. (laughs) But I can honestly say that this is the first story created uh, with the ire and frustration that I had with the world. Like I said, one day I'll revisit it, and hopefully, and maybe I'll finish it. But until then, if you wish to read what I have written, you can check it out the unfinished piece over on my Patreon or Ko-Fi. Whichever you prefer. Uh, and also you can find me on the social media bullshit. Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. Uh, just search The Atomic Power Girl. I'll pop up. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm going to leave you like I did the last episode. Or I think I left you like that last episode. I don't remember. <laughs> um, if no one's told you this today, I am so goddamn proud of you. You showed up. And that's sometimes all you need to do. Just to show up. You are loved. You are valued. You are absolutely allowed to hold space. If you're ever given an opportunity to be a pirate, always be a pirate. <laughs> live wild, live free, and be forever untamable. Until next time, which who knows when the fuck that'll be. <laughs> I'll see you around the interwebs. Okay, I love you. Goodbye. <laughs>